So we had built, first of all, a Facebook group. And at that time, we had maybe 100 members. It was a free group. It was for cannabis startup-minded entrepreneurs, CBD or hemp, and it was very organic. And we just sent a message. How many of you, of you would be interested in a one-day business training seminar or summit? We called it a summit. And of course, in the group, uh, not literally, but figuratively, they all said, I would. And so we thought, okay, so 100 people have now said they'd be interested in a one-day business summit, how to run your business more efficiently or understand the art of the start. And I said, okay, question number two, um, the cost is only $420. Here's what you would get. And I was really validating the idea with questions. You're listening to the Figure It Out podcast, produced by Fio Media. Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan Gerhards, the founder of Fio Media, and this is the Figure It Out podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I had the opportunity to speak with Rick Martinez, the founder and CEO of Green Seed Cannabis Co. Rick's vision is simple and impactful, to help early-stage, growth-minded cannabis entrepreneurs scale in an authentic, trusting, and transparent way. Rick helps founders overcome the challenges of a rapidly changing cannabis business landscape by providing them with the tools, accountability, and community to aggressively grow and master their business. With his global perspective, this the entrepreneurial-minded Martinez is a recognized expert in the cannabis startup arena and has ideated, launched, and successfully built several startups in the space. His successes and unique perspective in the cannabis industry has led to numerous speaking engagements across the U.S., and several publications to his credit, and even the launch of his wholly owned media channel, Weed to No Basis, which is known as the world's first media channel dedicated to the cannabis startup entrepreneur. Rick's career has focused on healthcare, and more so in developing efficient, scalable, and profitable methods to impact not only the general public in a positive way, but also the shareholders he has served. He launched his business career by founding MedTrust LLC in early 2001, one of the nation's largest healthcare staffing firms serving the DOD and growing that to over 52 million top line revenue before selling the company in 2014. Shortly after his exit, his cannabis journey began and he founded Texas's first ever cannabis business incubator and the and only the ninth cannabis business incubator in the country at the time. Martinez was named his city's 40 under 40, and he was also awarded the prestigious Jefferson Award for public service, highlighting his work with disabled US veterans. He holds a four-year nursing degree, BSN, and served as a US Army officer shortly after 9-11. He's married to Lisa and has three grown children. I had an amazing time talking to Rick about his company, about how to start a cannabis business, how to start a business in general, and what he looks for uh, for entrepreneurs looking to enter into uh, the Green Seed Cannabis Co. Incubator. Uh, Rick is an awesome guy. I had a great time talking with him, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. On that note, here we go. 
All right. Hey, man. How you doing? Thanks. Uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. Hey, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm bell, bells are on. I'm ready, ready to rock this, John. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're happy to have you. Um, why don't you tell me what's, what's going on with you lately? What's, what's the latest with uh, Green Seed Co.? Yeah, so Green Seed, so Green Seed Cannabis Co., the latest and greatest um, as, as we're recording this is we're hosting the second annual, it's called Talk Hustle Connect. And what that is simply put is this is our second annual um, Texas's largest CBD and hemp convention um, right here in the heart of Texas in San Antonio. And it's coming up in the fall of 2019, so a few months away from now. Awesome. So you guys are prepping for that? Yeah, we're, we are, we're balls to the wall. There's, <laughs> there's, it's, it's gotten bigger. So our, we had an initial scope and, you know, what we thought it was going to be. And um, because recently the Texas legislature just passed a whole bunch of new um, medical marijuana, CBD, hemp laws, okay. it's kind of like this explosiveness of goodness here in Texas. Okay, excellent. So what will be going on at the convention? What, what, uh, if I wanted to attend, what, what should I know before coming? Yeah, so I, I think, so the beauty of it is that um, not a lot of people know a lot about the CBD, hemp, or cannabis industry. So uh, if, if somebody was interested, and I'm going to, of course, be partial to our conference, Talk Hustle Connect. But, and by the way, Talk Hustle Connect, if you took the first three letters, it's, it stands for the magical component THC. Ah, I like that. But, um, I, I think the biggest thing is just to empty your cup uh, of what we believe we think we know about the industry, whether as a consumer, an entrepreneur, um, a company who serves or is in the, or in the industry right now, because these, are, these types of conferences are really emerging across the U.S., and this is the biggest. So if there was one thing I would say people to prep for, it's to empty your mind or your cup of everything you think you know about the industry. Right, come in with a with an open mind, willing to learn new things, and use that to create uh, a new perspective on the industry. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Very cool. So that's something that's important to me, right? Is providing businesses, providing consumers uh, the information they need um, to impact the world, um, to make decisions, to uh, make you know, formulate opinions on certain things. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today um, was to kind of provide people a little information, a um, little means to fill their, their cup up um, in a fresh way about CBD, about cannabis, and about the businesses um, and the, the industry of CBD and cannabis. So um, I'm really excited to have you on just so you can kind of inform people on what the latest is in that industry and, and, and also from a business perspective. So maybe we could start off, I guess we'll start off small. What is, if this is a small question, what is, um, I guess the, the, what's the latest and greatest on, on the industry? Um, I remember last time we talked about how um, it's not necessarily, the CBD and cannabis industry isn't necessarily what you think it is. Most people think it is just, either grow or, or you're selling, but there's a lot more to it than that, right? So maybe you can expand on that. Yeah, so that's a great point. And, and while it is, it is a big question, it's also a small question, and it's probably the most critical one, in my opinion. And, and, I'm, and I approach this 
um, from two to, from two vantage points. One is first and foremost um, as a consumer, and second as an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur who helps other cannabis startups um, achieve traction and success. So, but you're right. You know, most people, generally speaking, is John. They think about the industry of cannabis as growing weed or selling weed. And while that may have been true to, to an extent, you know, 30, 40 years ago when it was purely black market and totally illegal across the, the U.S., the fact is now the industry has emerged, you know, it's suddenly in the spotlight. And there are states now who are, it's, where it's called rec legal. What that means is marijuana is now recreationally legal. For instance, in Nevada, in Vegas, you know, a lot of us go to Vegas for, for an escape, for fun. You can see shows, you can... Um, you know, go to bars, you can um, gamble, you can get, get beer, liquor. Now you can get a joint. Like literally, it's, that's, that's what we call rec legal. Then there's medical uh, marijuana. And that's where you have to have a prescription, a, a card. And then there is, of course, um, CBD, which is 50 state legal. And that is just now sweeping the nation. So when we talk or when we hear folks talk about, especially um, they're, they're, they want to get into the industry in some fashion, Generally speaking, they're like they want to grow it or they want to sell it, and right. which, which is fine. But it's so much more vast, and it's so much bigger than that. And the, the easiest example I like to share and give for for anybody to really wrap their minds around exactly what that means is this. So back in 1848, what eight, the 1800s, um, right before 1849, the the height of the gold rush. So most folks remember the gold rush you, from history books. You know, people rushed out to California back in the mid 1800s to pan for gold. And right. it was the hottest, sexiest um, thing to do. It was, it was the new wave. It was, um, there was wealth being created without a doubt. In fact, that's where the 49ers, the football team got their name from. The, eight, the 49ers from 1849 was the peak of the gold rush. Right. So the way to think about growing or selling and how small of a view that is is this. I usually ask people, because when I mention the gold rush, they're like, oh yeah, I remember reading about that, or I heard about it. So I'll say, riddle me this. Name me one person who was a famous gold rusher, or mm. somebody who was famous for panning for gold. And John, 9.999 times out of 10. In fact, to this day, um, it's 100% of the time, nobody can name anybody. Yeah. We, can't, we can't name anybody because um, it's just... It wasn't quite that sexy, but here's the thing. What I ask folks is then I'll say, tell me what you're wearing right now. Like, tell me about your pants. And they'll look down and they'll say, well, I'm wearing Levi's. And I'm like, yeah, guess where that emerged from? The gold rush. And then I'll, I'll ask them another question. I'll say, you know, have you ever done gardening or maybe growing up or maybe in your garage you have tools? And they'll say, yeah, I got tools. A shovel, a pick or an ax. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, those emerge from the gold rush. The point is this, is just like folks nowadays are, it's called the green rush. We want to do the sexy stuff, the panning mm -hmm. for gold stuff called growing or selling. The truth is that the ancillary business, the stuff that surrounds it, Levi's picks and axes are going to be the most flourishing businesses around that survived mm -hmm. over a hundred years, coming up to 200 years now. So growing and selling, it's possible. Um, retail operations becoming, you know, somebody who has an indoor grow, outdoor grow, it's possible. But I just go back to history because history repeats itself. And if we don't listen to history, we could be one of those doomed people who we are never remembered. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's just a lot more to the industry, a lot more to look forward to than just growing, selling, and even just using it as a recreational drug, right? There's just a lot more to it than that. There, there's a, tre- a tremendous, a, a, a way a lot more, yeah, for sure. Out of doubt. So let's say uh, my state and New Jersey actually recently had a vote, uh, I believe. But let's say I was in a state or, or a local town that was having some sort of referendum, right? They're saying, should we legalize recreational marijuana? Um, should we uh, allow cannabis industry to start to develop uh, in our town, in our state? What would be like the you know, best you know, five minute spiel I could, I could get uh, to prep me for that? Yeah, you know, so that's interesting. I, have, I haven't thought about it in those terms. So, um, recreational marijuana, we we can probably say that's that's the um, the gold that's the the golden ring. That's okay. where that's where a lot of folks. Um, that's where currently sixty six percent of the pop, U.S. population uh, believes that it should be made recreationally available. Should be right. made. There's still thirty something percent that either don't have a clue or don't care or don't think there's a place for this. But underneath recreational marijuana is the, you know, one rung on that ladder below that is medical marijuana, which right. a lot more um, accepted and it's accepted in probably, I think, to, as we speak today, three times as many states have, has legalized recreational. But one rung below medical marijuana is CBD, which is right. 50 state legal, same plant, different kind of impact, basically speaking. So I would say to, generally speaking, the, the states that are looking or maybe the, the rabble-rousers or the folks who are in states where there's no medical or recreational marijuana, I would first beat the drum of CBD. I would be talking about, you know, how much do we know about CBD? Because CBD is now legal across the entire country. And then I would take it up to the next notch of medicinal marijuana, where it, it's generally um, prescribed. Um, it has to be dispensed in certain places, but you involve the medical community. Um, finally, that third tier is um, recreational. And the reason why I say look at it in those three tiers is because sometimes choosing which battle one wants to fight or which educational platform one wants to approach is a lot of times dependent on the person you're, you're directly speaking to. So the answer to your question is, um, I would gauge first, what is the knowledge of the person who you're trying to convince or convey or talk to? And maybe it turns out that let's just start at the very basis of CBD. Because CBD doesn't cause any mental alterations. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important, like, to make those three distinctions, right? You're dealing with three different things. So if your state were to be voting on, you know, medical marijuana, then you should be informed about medical marijuana and not use prejudgments that you may have about recreational use. Um, And even if your state is voting on recreational use, um, you should look at other states who have approved recreational use, what benefits has that brought, uh, what problems have that caused. Um, so definitely I think it's very important to kind of like separate those three ideas because they are three separate things. And I guess um, there are states who are fully, have all three legal, there are states who have two and states who have one at this point, right? Correct, yep. Right. Gotcha, okay, cool. So yeah, I think that would be, right, if, if you're looking to, to, to vote or participate in this debate, um, that's definitely a good place to get started. Um, all right, so I'm glad we covered that. 
Uh, I think it's important for people to just have that basis of information on this stuff. I'm sure there's a wealth of other information we can dive into further. Um, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit more, but I also wanted to talk to you about your company, about, um, the Green Seed Cannabis Co. Incubator. Um, super, really interesting idea. And I remember last time we talked, we talked a lot about your process, right? We talked about how um, you might approach somebody coming to you and saying, hey, I want to start a, a cannabis company. Uh, how do I do that? So if I were to ask that question, I guess, you know, what would you say? What, how would we get started? Yeah, those that's um, good questions, and we and we did, you know. And to be honest, this is where I live and breathe in the, in the cannabis startup world. So um, I can never, I, I will never get tired of questions around um, how do I get started. But it's such a vast question, and um, I like to use correlates and stories, especially my background as being a registered nurse, a trauma nurse, is just to give your your listeners, um, John, a little bit of context is as a trauma nurse or even a trauma physician, but I'm speaking as a trauma nurse, is we have to be able to very rapidly deconstruct something very complex. Like somebody comes into the, the ER or the trauma bay and something is going on and we have to be able to explain it to them in a very rapid way such that they can understand it. So I'm gonna use a quick story so folks can wrap their minds around um, your question because it's such a powerful question. So how do I get started in cannabis? And again, we're talking about as an entrepreneur or as a creator. So that's like asking, how do I get started in cars? And here's mm -hmm. what I mean. So the question then, if, if I take the car analogy, and again, it's a very big, broad scope. The question then is, do you want to install tires or do you want to sell warranties? Do you want to design um, the new electric car or do you want to um, uh, start an insurance company? that only caters to car companies? Do you want to um, be a car salesman or do you want to buy a series of dealerships? Do you want to do foreign or domestic? So th the point is that it's such a broad, broad question. So to bring it home to the individual is I like to kind of um, ask them or have them dig into what they already know in their, their heart or their heads and say, what do you currently do? What are you good at right now? Like what, is, what are you being paid for that you love to do um, and that you can be really, really good at? The semblance of what I just said is, um, what are you passionate about? What can you make money doing? Number two. Number three is, can you be one of the best or the best in the world at it? Because then the question of, I want to grow or grow it or sell it becomes irrelevant. Because here's, here's another core or story I like to share is that, um, um, first of all, if somebody says, follow your passion, you'll never work a day in your life, they're a dumbass. Run run because passion is not enough. And, and John, I think you grasp that is we have to have passion, but here's the thing. I'm passionate about donuts. I love donuts. I do. I, I'm, I'm great when you give me a dozen donuts and I will destroy it, but I will never open up a donut business because mm. I probably can't be the best in the world. Okay. I, I could be a professional donut eater, but I can't open up a donut business. So can I be the best in the world at it? As you can tell by my response, I don't think I could. So is passion enough? Absolutely not. So the point is, when they ask the question of how do I get started, the first thing I like to redirect them to is, what do you already know? What do you already love to do? What do you already make money doing? And can you be really, really good at that? And let's now get real granular. Let's just say I'm talking to an accountant. And, sorry, there was my phone. <laughs> with, all these, with all these electronics, like my, 
my cell phone rings, my iPad rings, and my computer rings. <laughs> All connected. <laughs> but uh, let, let's say I'm talking to an accountant, right? And they're really passionate about, let's just say the accountant smokes weed. And they'll say, how do I get started in cannabis? And I can almost, generally speaking, um, look at them in the eye and can tell they're thinking about growing or selling. Right. And what they don't realize is they already have a skill that is sorely needed in the industry, and that's accounting. Like, mm. how about be the number one cannabis accountant in the world? And they're like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, well, you're already doing it for one. You're already doing it for one. It might be as simple as going to find a couple of cannabis clients. Now, the fact is somebody may want to grow. They may want to actually, they may have an affinity for the dirt, for the soil and grow. But um, generally speaking, John, is it's a very broad question. I like to use a story to make it relevant to them, the car, the car story, and then segue into what are you, what are you already um, really, really good at, get paid to do, and you're, really, and you're, um, you're passionate about. Right. Because jumping into something you don't have a background in, uh, even if you are passionate about it, it's kind of a, a long shot, would you say, right? It could be. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, it, you know, um, I, I wouldn't want to dissuade somebody if they really, really, really want to open a retail store or grow marijuana, uh, if that was, say, the next chapter of their life. Right. Um, but again, I want to temper it with, with give them some basic knowledge, let them make an informed decision. And if they right. still want to grow it or sell it, then by all means, you know, right. go ye forth and conquer, you know? Right. But I guess the, the argument is, is that, okay, let's, before we decide we're going to grow or sell, let's expand uh, your knowledge base. Let's kind of teach you about what else there is out there. Maybe there's something you're already doing that you'd like to do, uh, where you can get involved in the cannabis industry doing that and be really good at it. Um, and I think that's a pretty cool approach, right? Because instead of just, like you were saying, narrowing in on these two small pieces of the industry that may or may not be the gold rush, uh, may or may not be the actually flourishing part that really uh, develops the industry and really um, makes all the money in the industry, right? Because I would imagine Levi's has made a lot more money than anybody made in the gold rush, right? Um, is taking, taking a step back and seeing what else there is. Um, but that's important to you. It's important to you that somebody has experience doing what they're doing, that they enjoy the process of doing what they're doing. Because I believe that's pretty critical to success. Would, would you agree? Or Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. I'm gonna write that down is um, not only enjoy the process, but um, ha have fun with what you're doing, you know, and also know that what you're going to create or what you're going to jump into is going to not only impact you and your shareholders, meaning your family, if, if I consider my, my shareholders my family, but you're going to do something for the greater good. But enjoying the process because, man, why would we want to do anything that we hate, you know, like, like that, that really sucks. And oftentimes, John, all it takes is just, Stopping, you know, holding back, throttle back a little bit, take some time to think about it, and then make an informed decision. Like we said, you know, is this something I want to dive into? But um, enjoying the process is so critical. Yes, you're right. 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 Okay. Yeah, cool. So, all right. That's a great way to get started, right? I come in the door, say, hey, Rick, I want to start a cannabis company and thinking about growing or selling. You're like, hold up a minute. You know, you actually, you're already doing marketing. and You actually don't have a lot of marketers in the cannabis industry. What if you become the go-to marketing company for cannabis companies? I say, 
oh, all right, that's a good idea. I really love marketing. I got experience doing it. All right, Rick, like, I think I'm going to start a cannabis marketing company. What's the next step? How do I get past the door? Because you don't just let me in, right? I mean, there's a little bit of an application process, a little bit of a, a vetting process, um, because you do have this vast community. You do have uh, amazing resources and connections for these people. So what is my ticket in the door to get past, past you and uh, enter into your program? I like this, John. I, li <laughs> I like it because um, the way you're framing it is it feels very exclusive. And that's, that's a lot of how we take this program. Um, you know, so Green Seed Cannabis Co. at its core, we are an accelerator program. It's curriculum based. Um, and what that means, just to give a little bit of substance to the folks who listen, sure. is um, it's, it's curriculum based. So we have 12 weeks of, of cannabis startup, call it getting your business degree in cannabis startups, Cannabis 101. Uh, we have mastermind, we have a, a group calls, uh, we have high level mentors. No pun intended. We can't, we can't, um, whenever we talk about high or in the weeds, it's, it's just hard. <laughs> to um, mentorship, high level coaching. Um, we have companies that already have traction and we help them get to market and scale. So that being said is while most people think that's exactly what I need, the, the fact is most people will quit. They will. Uh, when the going gets tough, the majority of people, um, they, they'll stop. The, they will, it's too tough, it's hard. So entrepreneurship is not for anybody, whether it's in cannabis or you want to be a, um, you know, start a book company or a computer software, it's not easy, especially when we have to put food on the table, the food that goes on our table, we have to provide. So the next thing, the next step, if you will, the next wicket or, or benchmark is I like to get on a call with everybody. Um, so right now, just to give them even more context, is we've been around for a little over a year now. We have just about 20 companies in our group, the portfolio, and each one has been vetted. Um, not all of them will be super successful, but they all have the potential uh, to create some either recurring revenue or even replace a job, if you will. Um, but the fact is, I want to talk to them. Um, generally, the, the, the optimal scenario is face-to-face, -face, like what we're doing, whether it's through Zoom my gosh. I don't know if you can hear that on the phone. No problem. Okay. This is, this is as real as it gets, right? We're not, we're, I'm talking from my home office, so. <laughs> but, um, but um, John, what I like to do is I like to have either a face-to-face -face, um, at best, whether it's a Zoom or literally in person or over the phone, and talk to them. I want to get to know, like, what, what's driving them. Uh, why is this important to them? Uh, you know, the, their reason for wanting to start something's got to be very compelling, not for me, for them, you know, because when the going gets tough, they need to be able to tap into that reason, whether um, it's their story, their upbringing, whatever it is. Um, and then I want to know what their plan is. You know, and it's okay if you don't have a plan, but I want to know what do you see? What's the vision and help them craft that vision in that initial phone call, honestly. And then the fact is this is generally speaking, and I don't sell them into a program. I don't, we, don't, we don't sell people into this. Uh, we've created this powerful curriculum, this really very cool community of hustling cannabis entrepreneurs. But then at the end of the phone call, what happens is we're at this inflection point and they usually know it, they can tell, where they have to make a choice to go on their own, um, do it all on their own, which is possible, you know, we can, you know, we, we can absolutely choose to skip going to school and open up our own physics book 
and teach ourselves physics. We can do that. Or the option is join the program. Surround yourself with a bunch of hustlers, with hard chargers, with curriculum, with doing this. And that's really what it boils down to. But right. underneath that is this. It's action. It's taking action. And right. here's, here's, and this is what I don't say. So anybody who listens to this, you're going to hear the things that I'm really looking for is, are they going to take action? And that decision is critical because that's telling to the type of business they will build. And here's what mm -hmm. I mean. Can you imagine, John, if you opened up your own dispensary and um, every time somebody walked in your door, you would likely absolutely expect them to make a purchase, right? That's, that's the goal. So the phone call is essentially them walking in my door. That's, that's really what we're talking about. See, this is, this is my business now. It's virtual. It's a phone call, but it's the same concept. We want action takers. We want to know, just like you do, that when people walk into your store, virtual or real, they get the best quality, the be all the best stuff, and they're going to walk away a happy, satisfied client. But people sometimes don't. They look around, they poke, they touch, they sniff, they say thank you, they walk away. Those are not the type of people we want in our business, right? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to this inflection point and they have to take action, the truth is, are they going to be action takers? Because if they're not, guess what they're going to be attracting in the business they want to start? People who won't take action. Right. So that's really what it boils down to. And I'm going to be honest. A lot of times people say, where can I pay you? How can I start now? Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because our shit works. We're legitimate entrepreneurs. We've built several multi-multi-million dollar operations. And I don't want to dick around with people who say, let me think about it. I'm like, go think about it. But we've got a group that really, really wants what we have, and they're growing. And right. here's the thing, is you're thinking about it, somebody's going to come in and take your spot. And right. not only our program, I mean in life. So right. the essence of what I just said is, as a business owner, we all want action takers. So at that point, they have to make a decision. I can do this on my own, more power to you. No, God bless you, and I mean that. Or um, hop aboard the green train. So, oh my God, I cannot believe how much my phone is. <laughs> that is totally not scripted, all these phone calls. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I really like you said, we don't sell people to the program, right? I mean, you could be on the phone and anybody who calls you up, and you know, it could be money in your pocket, money into your business, right? So. Um, you kind of do have an incentive to anybody who's interested to sell them on your service and get them in, but that's not what you do, right? Because your mission and vision is to truly make an impact on the industry, is to truly help people, help the right and passionate people. So you're not going to let anyone come in who isn't, doesn't align with that mission or isn't truly going to be successful because that's bad for your reputation and it's just not going to produce the results you're looking for. Is that, is that correct? Well, you're right. And then, and then, you know what, generally speaking, and, you know, having been a trained facilitator and, and a business coach in multiple other industries, um, here's, here's, the, here's another point underneath what you just said, is guess who the first ones to complain are? The ones that you had to sell into the program, the ones who wanted to deal, the ones who had to think about it, the ones who we intentionally try to weed out. 
They're the right. ones who are going to call foul first. And that's just the truth. I know that's sometimes harsh for people to hear, but the ones that say, well, this doesn't work, they're the lazy ones, point blank. They're the lazy ones. Those are the ones who are still punching in and punching out because they're afraid to do the work and commit. Not to me, not to our program, to themselves and to their dream. So our filter program is designed for that. I don't want whiners. I don't want fucking people who are going to complain that it didn't work. I'm like, no, it works. Like this, this is, this is a this proven curriculum. Um, you know, and forget about us. You know, when there's a system that works and it worked time and time again and it's proven, one has to honestly take a look at themselves. Look in the mirror. It is the reason why my dream didn't come true because I, fa I failed to do the work. It wasn't as important as I thought. Um, and that's the reason why we don't sell anybody. We present them with a real opportunity. And it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's sink or swim. It is. I mean, business is business and it's tough in any industry, John. And so um, I like to be very clear up front is you're going you're gonna to work. You're going to cry. It may be painful at times, but damn it, when you get to ring that bell and you're successful, people are going to say, what the hell? How did they get to the top when that's what I've been wanting to do? So it requires commitment and work. Awesome, man. I like it. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, you could be taking a check and, and letting people in and, you know, the end result, if, if they're successful, they're successful, but, you know, I got paid, but that's not the perspective you want to take and, I, I appreciate that, and I think um, I think there's value in people like yourself who are willing to kind of uh, take a double take before adding in a client or or taking someone on because you know uh, at the end of the day it's not about the money it's about doing what you like to do it's about making an impact it's about having this overall mission and I think that is super important so awesome awesome yeah. All right, so I guess let's move forward here. Uh, we're going to start my marketing company. I made it past your door. Uh, I took some action. I took initiative in, in your meeting. Uh, I answered the questions the right way and uh, proved to you that I can uh, work real hard and overcome some adversity and challenges. Uh, what's the next step for me? I know you said you have this this twelve step, uh, twelve week curriculum. So what does that kind of look like for me? I, you talked a little bit about it already, so maybe uh, just high level overview. What does that look like? Sure. So so let's just say somebody is um, uh, they're they're a good fit and they decide to join and they do. So they'll they'll receive in a very granular level they'll receive a, um, an invitation from us and they'll create an account. They'll have access to our digital content, which means it's accessible 24-7 anywhere in the world. Um, it's broken out into 12 steps. Now, when somebody logs in, they can absolutely go to step 11. And I'm going to look at my whiteboard because step 11 is, let me see, there's a glare. Let's say step 10. In, in module 10, we talk about how to market your cannabis business. So that, if somebody is coming in from brand new startup, I would tell, I would compel them. I said, look, your best bet is to start with number one, go number two, go to number three, because each one builds. If it's a company that already exists and they need very specific help, then going, jumping right to module 10, which is marketing, might be where they need to land. But right. somebody who's brand new, I would say, look, you can absolutely jump around, but I want you to start with step one. And here's the reason, because when they watch the videos and do the training, there's a workbook, they download the workbook, and I'm going to ask them at times to show me your work. I mean, seriously. And it's not because I want to, be, I want to grade them. It's because I want to make sure that they're on track. 
So, um, and then at the end of the majority of the modules, uh, uh, they're, they're asked to not only complete the work, but to then send me a message, an email. And the email would be a synopsis of what they learned in that module. Um, then once a month, we do live mastermind calls. And these are with our clients across the U.S. And once a month, we bring in a subject matter expert. So this month, actually just last week, we had an email marketing. Um, I'm going to say she's an expert. She's legit. She's a writer. Um, she's skilled in crafting emails that um, have compelling messages. And she did a little session on storytelling, the ability to talk about you and your brand as it relates to your company. So we do that. And we're about to announce here at our conference, uh, we're going to up the game even more. We're going to be having regional meetups where we're going to be going to different parts of the country and doing like live weekend meetups with our accelerator participants, the mastermind people, and they can get live one-on-one -on -one time with us and our team. So um, that's really what to expect. And the, the, the thing I like to also add in there from the get-go is that this isn't a race. Uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and a multi-million dollar company will not, will not appear just because you finished 12 modules. That just means you now have a very powerful arsenal of tools and a community to then build a very compelling uh, cannabis business. So it's not a race. It's always, always, always learning. Yeah. Yeah. How important is that? Just having some patience uh, for the process. It is. It's extremely, I mean, perseverance and patience are probably two of the most critical ingredients. You know, everything else can be taught. One, we can learn curriculum, we can learn didactic, we can learn things, but some things that are intuitive and, and part of us are our ability to persevere through those storms and patience, that it doesn't, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about last time was you played collegiate football. And, you know, to get to that, um, whether it's collegiate level or, or pro level, you have to have done some stuff. And a lot of times that means playing Pop Warner, maybe playing flag football as a kid then pop order, and then maybe making the high school team, maybe getting cut, and then maybe not making first string, second string, but then finally the senior year making it, and then continuing on and getting on the college team. So there's a lot of similarities to life and business. But for some reason, John, is we think that business is something magical, that if we have the right silver bullet, we have a seven-figure business. Or you've seen the headlines, six figures, how I took my 10 clients to seven figures. That's a shit. That's like, that would be like somebody's um, having a program that says how I got my clients to the NFL. And we all know that eh, I would be a little leery of that. If I right. something that says, you know, I will get you to the NFL. The truth is that just like in business, not a lot will reach that pinnacle, but um, you can be a pretty damn good entrepreneur if you stick to the program and follow the plan. And, um, patience and perseverance are critical. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd say one of the things that I struggle with on a daily basis is like even just having patience for like the day or for the week. And what I mean by that is like, you know, obviously there's always a list of agenda items to get done. There's always a to-do list. It's never, ever ending. Um, and some, some days, uh, like today is kind of one of them. Things just started popping up here. I had, uh, three employees in the office today. So I was bouncing back and forth between them, making sure they had stuff to do. They had questions on what they were doing. So I didn't get to work too much on what I wanted to get done today. Uh, and some days are just like that. 
And I think it's um, partially patience and just saying, you know, I, hey, I put in, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours today. I did all I can do and tomorrow I'll get to it and being okay with that. Um, and just being able to, when you get in those situations, also, you know, prioritize, okay, I really need to get uh, this done today. I really uh, need to get this done tomorrow, making sure I, I cancel everything else, all the, the BS, uh, and, and, and get to that. Um, and, you know, it's just, just something I struggle with on a daily basis because things do pop up, things, uh, unexpected things do happen. Um, so it's just being able to deal with them uh, from a prioritization level and then from a personal and mental level, like being okay at the end of the day, being able to speak, when not everything gets checked off the list. Yeah, and, and I gotta share with you just in my experience, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna guesstimate that I'm just a wee bit older than you, so I'm, <laughs> I'm in my um, very early 50s, 51, and to, to your point, I think this is, you bring up some really, really critical things, important things, is that, um, especially as an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter whether I'm 51 or 21 or 31 or 41, as an entrepreneur, what that sometimes means is we're responsible for our business. We make our own decisions, we make our own rules. And yeah, your girlfriend or wife can walk in and say, hey baby, let's take two hours and do a little nookie or something. But the fact is, the, to your point is, the distractions come in a variety of forms. Yeah. Um, you know, I jump on Facebook and or I wanna do this and it, it doesn't ever go away. So I just, I also, that's a great point. I wanna just make sure that the listeners understand that doesn't matter how cool you, how cool a person is or how flourishing the business, we're always um, struggling with that um, distractions or shiny objects. And staying focused is um, it probably goes along right there with patience and perseverance. It's, it's focus, but um, yeah, focus is a big one. Definitely. It is. It happens to all of us. All, all of us. Right. So one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, a little bit based on last time and, and just some stuff I've been thinking about, right? Is um, what is your opinion on doing, you know, following your experience, kind of following your passion, um, and not passion in terms of, like you talked about earlier, I love donuts, but passion in terms of I love making donuts, um, as opposed to, and focusing on what you're really good at, your experience, as opposed to really listening to the market. So let's say, you know, I come to you, we've went through the process now, I'm working on my cannabis marketing company, um, and again, I love marketing, I love the process of it, but the feedback I'm getting is that um, what people really need is a cannabis PR company, because, and I'm just making this up, but because, you know, it's not about marketing the company, it's about um, making sure that your company is positioned in the proper way in the current, in the media, uh, so that uh, it's represented correctly, so that um, you're not this stereotypical, you know, grower or seller. You are a, I'm a unique uh, brand, right? What would you say, like, how do I react to that feedback? Do I 100% take in the market feedback, listen to that, go where the customers are, go where the demand is, uh, or do I kind of stick with my passion? And how can I, like, manage those two forces kind of pulling me in opposite directions? Another good question. So as far as like, listen, what the market says is um, it, it could be a slippery slope. The fact is there's what the market says and then what the market pays for. 
And again, if we're talking about starting a business, a for-profit business, uh, it has to be something that not only do they say they want, uh, which is kind of the build it and they will come, but when you build it, that they actually come and spend money. So part of the things that we talk about, and this isn't cannabis specific, this is business 101, is developing an MVP, which is called a minimal viable product. So let's just say um, whether it's product or service. So MVP simply means developing something at a very low cost, um, not cheap, but let's say scale down version before you build the big kahuna. So let's, let's use your analogy of a marketing company and who wants to maybe do something very specific like PR. So one might think, well, I need to go out and form an LLC. I need to build a website. I need to hire the team. I need to do these things, ask my parents for a loan, whatever it is. But the fact is, those things are actually secondary and tertiary. Those are the things that will crush your soul. The first things we do is, is we'll talk to somebody about, okay, so you want to niche down from marketing um, to niche into cannabis marketing and niche and niche further into specifically PR marketing for cannabis companies. So the lesson there is this, the niches are in, the riches are in the niches. And that's, um, it is a phrase, but it's something to think about because uh, I, I like those very granular ideas because then you have something with potential substance. So as an example, the thing might be to create what's called an MVP, minimal viable product. And maybe that is, um, going on to Halo or help, or what is it? Helperreporterout.com. It's HMRO and creating a press release for a cannabis company and offering offering a service as an example. I'm not saying for anybody to go do this. I'm just saying as an example to test the theory mm -hmm. to write a PR release or a press release for Company A in Ohio or wherever that person is. And um, here's what I've done. Here's my LinkedIn page. Here's why this matters to you. And I want to do it for free. I want to test my chops. Let somebody say yes. Somebody will. Somebody's going to say, I'd love, I'd love for you to write a PR, a press release to my local paper and get it published. And mm -hmm. let's just say then that, that you, John, the creator of this PR cannabis marketing or cannabis marketing PR firm, writes it up and you get it published. You've now proven a model. And you, I would say to, the, to somebody, and we, we break this down in our curriculum, is this is arguably one of the first steps, is to get to the point where you create that MVP, test it and validate it in the market, actually get some sort of traction. And then we can talk about, because we do talk about, looking at my whiteboard, um, how to price these things out. Maybe mm -hmm. that company becomes, all we do is, remember, the riches are in the niches. We are a cannabis marketing firm and we specialize in public relations with local, um, hyper-local city-based magazines. Mm -hmm. And then if we keep teasing that idea out, because this is where the fun part comes in, maybe you become the number one uh, cannabis PR marketing company who focuses on hyper-local city-based magazines and you develop a database of every city-based magazine in the entire U.S. For instance, like San Antonio. Um, where I live right here in Central, we have in the middle of the city, there's one called 78209, and it caters to that zip code, 78209. Um, they have their own writers, editors, etc. There's San Antonio Magazine. There's the River City Journal, whatever it is. Right. My point is that they could, there's, there's a potential avenue there. So I, could, I don't want to uh, drone on too long, but um, there's riches in the niches. Developing an MVP is critical so we don't 
know, you don't blow it all in one fell swoop, but actually test it. And then let's let the market validate it. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a super good uh, response. And I couldn't agree more. I just, I just think it's a great idea for people to test even on the smallest scale possible, right? And just doing something like, hey, it's free. Go write a press release and, and see if somebody will pick it up. Is that, does that mean that you're going to have a million dollar business? I don't know. Probably not. But, you know, it's a good start and you'll learn from there. And now maybe you're working for somebody for free and you discover that while you're in the process of working for them, oh, actually, you know what else I need is uh, I need someone to manage my Instagram or, you know, actually what I need is I need somebody to write blogs for me. And you discover in the process of running a business in the process of working on a business, working with clients, other little niches, other little needs that the market might have. Um, which you would never have discovered if you didn't actually start working in the first place, if you didn't start testing your idea out in the first place. And, and you might get the feedback that your idea just stinks. Um, at least you didn't spend 250 grand, like you were saying, taking out loans from you know, Aunt Susie and Uncle Tom and everyone in your family, and then you know, all of a sudden you owe your whole family money and you, you wasted a bunch of time just trying something out and spending money on an idea that just was never gonna work. You know, if you just test it at a very small local level, I think that's a great way to get started. So yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with you. Um, how did you guys kind of test out your idea when you, when you were getting started? That's a, that's a good, good question. So, you know, it's interesting is that, um, so, so the whole, if we kind of back out to the earlier conversation, it's, you know, I, I like donuts. I'll never open up a donut shop. So I did, I, I had to do some self-reflection on, what is it I love to do? I'm passionate about. How can I? How can we make money at monetize this idea? And then finally, can we be best in the world? And so, something we had done in our past, John, is after my wife and I sold our company, um, you know, we built it to one of the largest federal contracting firms in the in the country, in the U.S. We sold it, and I really found I had an affinity for advising and mentoring. And so, I started to hone in on that. I, I learned to be. I learned different coaching tactics and curriculums like Traction and Gazelles and um, did it all over the world. So I'd already had a basis for things that I love to do. Um, call it coaching, call it whatever you will for businesses. So um, then the idea emerges, nobody's really doing it for cannabis startups. There, yeah, there are some incubators around the US and when we launched, there was about eight of them that, in existence around the country. There were none in the state of Texas. And simply puts, what that, what that means is that there was nobody doing what we did in other industries for cannabis entrepreneurs, the startups. So we had built, first of all, a Facebook group. And at that time, we had maybe 100 members. It was a free group. It was for cannabis startup-minded entrepreneurs, CBD or hemp, and it was very organic. And we just sent a message. How many of you, of you would be interested in a one-day business training seminar or summit? We called it a summit. And of course, in the group, uh, not literally, but figuratively, they all said, I would. And so we thought, okay, so 100 people have now said they'd be interested in a one-day business summit, how to run your business more efficiently or understand the art of the start. And I said, okay, question number two, um, the cost is only $420. Here's what you would get. And I was really validating the idea with questions. Here's what you would get. And we had already set a metric that if two people, just two people showed up, we had already thought, let's get a private room in our residence because we live in a, a high rise and there's, um, we have um, 
um, a room downstairs that's you know has audio visual and so he said if we had two people show up at 420 bucks our idea has merit and so we said okay 420 dollars here's what you get well worth more than that and about 80 of those hands virtually went down so we're like okay that's okay action takers i get it they're not really serious or they don't quite understand the value either either way but we had a dozen people show up from all over the US and we did it. We actually did it and we did it, John. The interesting thing was that the press picked up on it here in Texas. The press wrote a story about how San Antonio, and I, for, I, can, I forget the actual article, but um, I think that one of the local news stations says, this man will teach you how to start a marijuana business. And that became like, like, like a, a mini explosion here in San Antonio. We had 12 people show up. They paid, the, they paid the ticket. We had an incredible day. I'm just going to be honest. It was an incredible day. Um, here's what happened next is after the day, we had a happy hour of mix and mingle gathering at a really nice exclusive bar here. They said, what's next? And that was the genesis of Green Seed. Because then we thought, okay, they want more. We know that what we can teach them will help them build their business in a successful and responsible way, cannabis. So that was the launch of Green Seed Cannabis Accelerator. We said, well, we're launching a curriculum-based accelerator program, and you guys will be the first class. Not all of them signed up, but that became the genesis of Green Seed. And then we started developing our curriculum and testing it out. And curriculum, we had already tested in other industries. We just made it green, if you will. And um, so to the point of MVP, that's what we did. And the, the community responded in a very favorable way. So there you go. And it's not growing or selling. This is, we're essentially a consulting company. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm so happy that you, I, uh, you told that story because uh, it seems like you are uh, you know, a person who, you built this program based on what you already believe in. So it's not like you're here preaching to your clients, like, you know, start an MVP because you've heard it in the media and you think it's a, it's a good idea. No, you've actually done it yourself. So, you know, what you're teaching to your clients is exactly what you do believe in. It's the uh, know-how and the knowledge that you gained through your experience. And I think that's, that's just super valuable, really cool story. I mean, I tell people all the time too, right? Like we have all these social media and stuff. Like, why don't you go post in a Facebook group? Why don't you just go make a Facebook post? Hey, does anybody think this is a good idea? Like it if you do, right? See how many likes you get. I mean like, yeah, like again, is that the tell of whether or not you have a million dollar business? Probably not, but it's a damn good start and it's so much, so easy to do. And if, and again, if you get all thumbs down, all right, move on, right? I mean, you guys said it. You said it. I think that's an important stage, right? So step one would be you actually put this idea out there somewhere. You come up with a, a defined idea. We're going to host a uh, webinar. We're going to host a, uh, a meeting, right, a meetup, and this is what it's going to be, right? That's step one. Two, you got to tell people about it. You, you distribute that information. And I think a three, a key step, and you mentioned it, was setting a metric, setting, setting a way to measure the performance or evaluate uh, this idea. So like for you guys, it was if we get two people to show up, then we're going to move forward. Turns out you got 12. Wow, we might have something bigger than we think on our hands, right? Um, 
but you might have gotten zero or one, and that would have been an indication of okay, we gotta change our direction or maybe go into something else, right? So, I think that's that's a really good process, and <laughs> that's awesome that you had your that story because I know you weren't prepared for that question, but uh, you crushed it. Awesome. Thanks, and it's true. We we take our own medicine, like we. When we, and believe me, just to what you said earlier about, you know, shiny objects and distractions is, um, you know, just when we're onto something cool and, and green seed is, it's a, it's a fast moving snowball, but oftentimes we're distracted. It's like, oh my God, there's this new thing over there, or we got this new thing over there. So um, it, it's a challenge, but whenever we come up with something new, we always apply our principles and, and um, you know, developing, crafting a vision around it, you know, where it begin with the end in mind. Uh, is, is this something that's doable? Does it fit those three criteria? And then do we want to develop an MVP around it? And uh, these are simple things to actually begin to flesh out an idea before it gets really, really painful or costly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important. Um, I'm happy you guys are doing it. And, uh, I don't think uh, your clients realize how good they have it. You got a great leader at the helm. I mean, seems you. like a great community as well to uh, to be a part of. So uh, one more question and then I'll let you kind of tell everybody a little bit more about the event you guys have coming up and just, you know, what to look for in the future. But uh, what is the, the dream for you? What does success look like uh, for you and your wife um, for Green Seed Cannabis Cove in five to 10 years, you could be wherever you would want to be. Where do you want to be and what do you want your impact or legacy to be? Love that. You know, on our, um, we send out a weekly newsletter for Green Seed, and uh, it's every Friday. And the first line on it, the first line is our mission. And our mission is to help 1,000 cannabis entrepreneurs achieve success by 2025. So uh, we defined our, our mission um, in, in um, you know, it's, it's, it has a time measurement on it. It has um, a data measurement. So that, that's our goal. That, that's when we achieve helping a thousand cannabis entrepreneurs achieve success by 2025. I know that us and our team, we've accomplished our mission. Personally speaking is, um, so you know the truth. So when, when we launched our prior company, uh, one of my goals, and it was a reward for success, was that I was going to buy myself a, 90, a Porsche 911 Turbo convertible, yellow. And I did. I bought it and I shared the story very publicly. So, um, but I, I, it wasn't the car that was the goal. It was, it was symbolic that we had achieved success. So when I'm looking ahead to our new cannabis startups, this is the first time I've said this in public, like legitimate, because I, and I can even show you my phone who I was searching through this. <laughs> I've always loved cars. I, I, I have, I've, I've always loved vehicles, cars. I don't like to tinker or fix them, but I just love the beauty of them. I love watching F1 racing, IndyCar racing. Um, it's one of my past, my hobbies, just going to races and watching them. But um, I, I set a, a goal, a very distinct goal, and it's a Ferrari. So I have not said that in public before, before today. The only other person who knows is my wife, who's in the other room. Um, because it, it makes something tangible for me. Uh, and it's not because I want to zoom around town in this cool, you know, Italian sports car. It's because it symbolizes to me that um, I've earned it and that I, I will not get the car until I've hit those certain metrics. So long-term, um, very personal, is the day you see me post a photo on my Instagram, which is at Planet Boy, 
of a Ferrari. It won't be to show off. It's because I fucking did it. That's why. That's right. why. Um, the second thing is when we have achieved, have helped a thousand cannabis entrepreneurs achieve success by 2025, our company will have made it. So two very distinct things, personal and professional goals and um, make no bones about it. That's, those are the two things. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I think, uh, you know, man, it would be amazing uh, to just see kind of the impact that would be left after a thousand entrepreneurs have become successful um after you have started well, would this be your third or second second business damn that's a whole new show we we've um, <laughs> so we we've had a couple of successes and the ones that you never hear of are the ones we started and just were god-awful painful and right, right. but we we've launched several of them um right. some very painful losses and uh, crash and burns but um i would say honestly my wife and i probably launched six or seven different companies so wow. Wow. Yeah. So, but the, is this the end all you think? Is this the, you get that Ferrari, you get, you get a thousand businesses. Is, is that it for you? Or you still, I know for me anyways, I'm not sure when the, the itch is going to go away or if it ever will. And other people I talk to are the same way. What do you think for you? Here's, here's what I know to be true about that, John. And this is through my own experience is, um, you know, if, if, if you take, if your listeners and you take what I just shared as my personal professional goals, as the top of my Mount Everest, right? So when, 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 that, um, when that car is, is in the garage and we've helped a thousand entrepreneurs and I, we get to the top of Everest, we plant the flag, here's what always happens. And here's the answer to your question. Plant the flag, we look up and there's a whole bigger mountain ahead. <laughs> it never goes away. It doesn't, you know, just when we, this, this I believed is, is our, is our current Everest and we're, we're going to make it to the top and I don't know what the next one is. And that's part of the beauty of being an entrepreneur is um, who knows, but it won't ever end. It won't be the end. In other words, as an entrepreneur, you understand this is we don't ever really retire. We just move on to the next project. Sure. Awesome, man. But I think uh, it's important to have your tangible goals along the way and kind of checkpoints uh, things to reach for mate that way, you know, uh, what direction to move in. So awesome. Again, Rick, uh, it was super, super awesome to have you on. Love chatting with you. It just gets me all fired up, uh, about entrepreneurship and I love learning a little bit about the cannabis industry as well. Uh, something that's super important to me. I, something that I find I wanted to share on my podcast, give people a little bit of background about it. Cause I think it's a very important issue. I think people should, like you said, empty their cup and be open to new ideas about the issue because a lot of new information is out there. A lot of people like yourself and your community are doing some great things. Um, and I think people should begin to formulate new opinions based on the work you're doing, based on the information that's out there, um, as opposed to kind of the, the previous, uh, uh, the status quo um, that, that has been developed. So really, really happy that you were able to come on and talk about that. Really happy that you were able to come on and talk about your process for helping companies start up uh, your process for choosing really successful entrepreneurs, um, getting the right people in the door. Um, and then also talk a little bit about yourself and, you know, your journey and, um, you know, things that motivate you. And I loved, I really, really am still fixated on that story of just testing out the, the idea, testing out uh, with that small little meetup event. I think that's, that's so cool. So um, before you go, Tell people where they could uh, where they can find you and uh, get information. 
Yeah, I think that, so I'm going to direct people in a very selfish way to our, our convention website. And it's, it's um, one word. There's no periods. It's talk, hustle, connect. So like talk, like you're talking to somebody, hustle, like you're always hustling and connection. It stands for THC, but talkhustleconnect.com. Um, the other place is on Instagram. They can connect with me direct. And my, my handle is Planet Boy. So just the at sign and then Planet Boy. So those two places, Instagram, at Planet Boy, and um, our website, which is our, the Texas biggest CBD hemp convention coming up this fall of 19. It's talkhustleconnect.com. Really appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah, talkhustleconnect.com. I'll, I'll be sure to drop a link as well in the description so people can check it out. But again, thanks so much, Rick, for your time and everything. Wishing you guys the best of luck. Hope it's a great event. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out as well and see if, uh, you know, maybe I'll find myself in San Antonio in the fall. So that'd be cool. Awesome. That'd be awesome to have you. All right. Cool, Rick. All right. Thanks again for having uh, for coming on. Take care. All right, homie. Peace out. All right. Bye.